We've been in a collection of talks. I just decided to call it that. Thank you. <laughs> Not sermons, but we've been in a collection of, to- of talks called Names of Jesus. Have you enjoyed it so far? Okay, yes. Um, I love this series because um, there's this old song, and maybe you guys know it. It says, something about the name Jesus. If you know it, come on, sing it. There's something it is, it is the sweetest name. Woo! My God, the choir! Clap for yourselves. <laughs> I love the name Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. He's the bright and morning star. He is the bomb of Gilead. He is unlike any other God. He's not one dimensional. He's multifaceted. And as I've encountered Jesus in different seasons, in different ways, I've seen him in each of these names be distinct to me. When I've needed a healer, Jesus, he's been there. When I've needed the rescuer, Jesus, because <laughs> I've gotten myself in some things, he's been the rescuer. I've encountered Jesus in these different ways, and I pray that this series um, reveals him to you in a special way. Um, Now, before I get ahead of myself, I want to jump into our text right at the top. So if you have your Bibles, would you join me and turn to John 10, 10 through 16? Um, We're going to read a couple of uh, verses tonight up front as we look at who Jesus is and what he has, not just who, what Jesus has done, but who he is. So it says this, it starts like this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and life abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. I want to spend the next few minutes that we have together looking at Jesus, the good shepherd. Why does he call himself that? And what does it mean for you and I? Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We call your name tonight because there is none better and there is none higher. Jesus, would you reveal yourself to us tonight? Holy Spirit, would you reveal the Son to us? We only know him by what you reveal. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So remember the first day of school um, when they would do roll call and each person who was enlisted in that class, their name would get called and the teacher would say to respond, what? 
here, okay, here. My teacher said present, but it's here or present when your name was called. And if it wasn't on the list, then you needed to come to the front and put your name on the list. Um, I love these times because it was in those times that people would share the names they would prefer to be called, right? Like Thomas wanted to be called Tom or Elizabeth preferred to be called Liz or Lizzie or Libby. Um, There's lots of names for Elizabeth. Um, (laughs) uh, It was those times that we kind of get to define ourselves with a name, right? The act of naming something is so powerful because it's one of the few ways that we image God intimately. God gave Adam the power to name everything on the earth. And it's those names that remain with us today. Names help us understand. And, in, and sometimes in part, they reveal a part of the identity of a thing, right? When someone calls your name and it gets your attention, it gets your attention. Why? Because in some way they know who you are. I'm from the generation where um, your parents would only call your full government name when you were in trouble. (laughs) Wow, we're all in the same generation. But uh, (laughs) I'm African, and also names are a huge deal in the African culture. Is anybody else African in this place? I mean, yeah. That's right. Okay, my people. Um, Names are a huge deal for us. They give us insight into the family lineage, and they also more powerfully, um, they can contain a family's hope for the child, all within their name, who they hope or declare the child to be almost prophetically. Uh, My full name is Miata Sunda Jones. I'm the daughter of Ernest Zachariah Briley Jones. I'm not going to look at my sister. Um, And Bendu Baisalo Jones. I was named after Miata Baisalo. She never could have kids. And so my name literally means Miata's gift. Don't call me Sunda though. That's my family name. (laughs) I will not respond, but it's a name that I hear often in my house to distinguish me, to distinguish us. One is Miata and one is Sunda. In the ancient Middle East, names were important too. Just the same when the angel appeared to Zechariah and said to him, you will name your child John, right? It made a statement. To us, John is kind of normal. It's regular. But in a Hebrew uh, culture, John was a Greek name. No one in their family line had this name. So just by calling him John, they were making a statement that he was different and distinct. The second thing is that John actually means Yahweh has been gracious, John was the end of Elizabeth's barrenness. So every single time she said that name, she was reminded that God ended her barrenness. So when God names himself, it's not a casual thing. It is to reveal a part of himself to us in order to be known and understood. When he introduces himself to Abram, he says, I am the Lord Yahweh. That's a big deal. Because one theologian says the word Yahweh is the most holy and appropriate name for God. It means the uncreated one, the pre-existent one, the God above all gods, the Lord above all lords. This name was so holy that in the olden days, they wouldn't even spell the name fully. They would leave words out. Um, I heard a pastor say this, and I love this. When God introduces himself to Abram, 
It's a big deal because Abram was a polytheist, which means he had a God for every need. When they needed rain, they went to the rain God. When they needed protection, they went to the protection God. When they needed uh, provision, they went to the provision God. And God is saying in this moment when he introduces himself to Abram, you don't need any little G gods. You don't need any little L lords. I am the God above all gods. I'm the Lord above all lords. (laughs) You don't need to settle for that. I am. I am. Pastor Jermaine just talked about that last week. (laughs) So speed up, and he introduces himself to Moses in the same way. He says, I am. If you need protection, I am. If you need provision, I am. If you need wisdom, I am. If you need hope, I am. If you need joy, I am. We see all throughout the Old Testament a God determined to be known by his people. Then we get to the New Testament. And we see God not speak to his people through a prophet. Not through a judge. Not through a king. But he comes himself. Yahweh becomes Emmanuel. God with us. And again, he introduces himself, but not by anybody else. He introduces himself for himself. Pastor Gory laid it out and he said, Jesus, that name literally means the Lord is salvation. To deliver and to rescue. This Jesus comes to a nation under lockdown. Oppressed in every way by foreign lords and even by lords within. Jesus means everything to someone who is bound up. And oppressed. And broken and living under the tyranny of a foreign power. And for us, sin. Do you find yourself bound, lost, broken, locked up in constant patterns of sin? You can't see your way through? Jesus. Yahweh, the uncreated one, the pre-existent one, the I am, the Lord of lords, the God above all gods, in Jesus made himself knowable and followable. In Jesus, we know that God is not far off. In Jesus, we know that God is with us. In Jesus, we know that God is real and not just an idea. In Jesus, we know that God is moving and active. In Jesus, we know that God can be known. In Jesus, we know that his voice, we can hear his voice. In Jesus, we know that his presence can be felt. But how many of us know stuff? We know a lot of stuff. We're the most resourced and informed generation this planet has ever seen. Yet we don't do better. We're the most depressed. We're the most divided. Because we know that information hasn't become revelation. You can have information and not have truth. 
Revelation hasn't worked its way in our lives enough to be transformation. So we fall into the same traps and we believe the same lies. Like, I know God is great. I've seen it in his word. I know God is good, but is he good to me? Is he good for me? It's the oldest lie the enemy has ever told humanity. That God isn't good and that he's holding out on you. So there's this temptation in our soul. It's, it's the sin nature. It's this, this bent to take things, the power on ourselves, right? To lead ourselves or to follow another's lead. I think there's this longing etched in each and every one of our souls that says that what we've experienced many times is not what it's supposed to be like. But we don't know who or what can help us. We look to people who seem to have cracked the code in certain areas of life like business or cooking or makeup, or fashion, or career, or sports, or getting out of debt, and we take their courses, and we download their books, and we follow them on Instagram so that we can follow their routines to a T. And in fact, there's a whole sphere of YouTube <laughs> that's called Life Hacks. We go to school, we get certificates and degrees, and we take training courses from people who are great at their craft and at least have a little bit more knowledge than we do so we can be equipped for the jobs and the things that we want to be great at, right? Um, as children, we need parents. And let me just say this to every parent in the room. Who's a parent? <laughs> this is perfect. So your child may think that you are crazy and dumb right now. <laughs> They may dismiss you, but there is coming a day. Don't you worry. When they get to college and they call you and they have no idea how to do the basic things. <laughs> Literally basic things. I remember calling my mom and being like, how do I apply for the class? <laughs> she was like, you have a smartphone. You can look it up. Anyways, but all throughout our lives, we look for someone to guide us, right? To advocate for us, to give us a sense of security or dignity. It's why we vote. Because we're looking for people to provide true leadership and wisdom and ultimately security. We're looking for people who reflect our values and desires and represent who we want to be. But if we're honest, there are areas of our life that have endured real pain and suffering because we've been led astray. We've put our lives in the wrong hands. Sometimes even our own hands and been picking up the pieces ever since. I think we're desperate for the good ones, right? We want good leaders. We want the right voices. We want the right influences. But I don't think we just want good leaders. I think we're looking for shepherds. Someone who actually loves us, knows us, cares for us. And this is exactly where we find ourselves today, and it's exactly where the Israelites found themselves when they met Jesus. 
So let's jump into the text. John 10. Jesus says in, earlier in the Gospels in Matthew, he says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, right? Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus provides an answer in this. John 10, 10 through 16. I'm going to read it from my notes. <laughs> the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Because I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. So we know that we need a shepherd, right? We don't just need a good leader, um, good influences, but we need a shepherd. Jesus is making it very clear to us what is a good shepherd and what is a bad shepherd. I think for a lot of us, the reality is that we have a lot of voices. We have a lot of things that want to lead us and shape us and, and guide us. But how do we know which one is the right one, right? Sometimes we ask ourselves. So I'm going to use the scripture, John 10, 10, and try to make it very clear for us tonight. So I pre-did this. Yes, I wore my teacher glasses to be a professor. <laughs> professor Miata. All right. So the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So I'm going to say protection. And I need to write this really big. Ooh, thank you, God. <laughs> he lays himself out for us continually. He is always interceding for us. He is always guiding us. He is working on our behalf to ensure that we will benefit from his care. If we look at Psalm 23, which is a familiar psalm to all of us, but sometimes I think that familiarity can dull the senses. I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. So who, if, this isn't a spoiler for those who haven't seen Wakanda forever. Okay? <laughs> you know when Shuri um, and her, like, warrior, did I say her name right? Okay, Shuri. Shuri and, like, the warrior woman are together, and the queen mother calls, and she, like, declines the call. And the lady's like, the queen called you. And she goes, there's a distinction. My mom called me and she hangs up. But sometimes we're so familiar with God that we decline the call because we've added him like a side piece and not the main piece. Okay. And we try to act like he's on Tinder. I know about that. <laughs> Not intimately, thank you, God. Um, but we swipe, we swipe him away. We dismiss his power because we're too familiar with him. So when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he's talking to people familiar with God. Right? These are people who he led out of Egypt. These are people who he split the Red Sea. We just did baptism to lead them out on dry land. And they couldn't even see him. When he showed up, they didn't even know him. 
people familiar with God, but they don't know him. Protection. But then what does he say is the bad shepherd? A hired hand. Yes, I wrote it big. Okay. (laughs) A hired hand. A hired hand. It's like when you have a babysitter versus the mom. And there's like multiple kids, like 10 children. But the mom knows every single kid's cry distinctively. Because Pastor Brett said this in our devotional so beautifully. He said, scientifically, there is part of a child's genetics still in the mother's body. What? So she knows. She doesn't just know. She knows who each and every one of her children are. She can tell in a room full of cries which one is her babies. That's the distinction between God the the good shepherd and a bad shepherd. He doesn't care. He's not out for your good because he doesn't know you. He's practically the babysitter and only there for money. But the good shepherd lays down his life for you. I love this part of John 10. It says, oh yes, it's in verse three. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse four, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. That's direction. That's attention. That's intimacy. That's love. And what does the hired hand do? That's right. He does nothing. (laughs) When the wolf comes, you know, he goes, he doesn't go, I'm standing in the way. He goes, you got it. You got it, bro. Save me. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. There's self-protection. He provides no real security. He provides no real safety. He provides no direction. And there's a lot of places we go to to numb ourselves that provide temporary shelter but always leave us empty in the end. You know, during the lockdown, I went to Netflix, but Netflix won't provides a little bit of distraction, but it definitely doesn't provide guidance. Some people go to alcohol. It numbs you a little, gives you a little bit of escape, but it does nothing to really resolve what you're running from. And then he says this, I have come that you may have life. This is a famous scripture we all know, right? 
We all know this. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. But what does the thief do? What does the bad shepherd do? Leaves you vulnerable and unprotected from the enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. The reality is that this is where most of us live. This battle, this battle between what voice you're going to listen to, who you're going to let lead you, is where we, we live every single day. This is where the real battle of faith is fought daily. Who will we be led by? Will we allow ourselves to be led by Christ? The culture? Or ourselves? Um, you know, Google picks up everything you do now and it sends me glasses ads all of the time (laughs) on Instagram. It's like every day I see something new and do I click on it? Yes, I do. (laughs) Have I bought something once or twice? Yes, I have, but it picks up on your habits and it sends you thoughts and ideas and choices. It fills your mind with numerous choices, right? There's cho- we, the reality is we don't live in a world where we're not being shaped by something. You just, either you don't know you're being shaped by it, or you don't acknowledge it, but you are being shaped by something. I think tonight, looking at this scripture... I was confronted myself with what choices do I make every single day? Do I let my own flesh lead me? My own insecurity lead me? Pastor Tellis said a couple of weeks ago, insecurity will have you thinking you're acting in self-defense when you're really acting in self-destruction. Do I let myself? I'm just, I've just been this way all my life. I do me, they can go, whatever. It's whatever. I don't need them no ways. You just, <laughs> you just cut people off and you let yourself lead you to destruction. Do I let Christ lead me? Do I let the culture lead me? We will all settle for little G gods if we're not careful. They make us feel safe for a moment and actually end up destroying us. So now that you know, you have a choice. Pastor Jermaine said this last week that I loved. He said, when faced with the revelation of Christ, you will You have two choices. Will you surrender to it? Or will you silence it? Who will you allow to lead you? I'm just going to sit there. I don't mind silence. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. 
You know, there's only one that leads to life. I ask myself this daily. There's a prayer I pray daily, and it's, Lord, you have my yes today. You have my heart today, and you have my ear today. Every single day, I pray that prayer. Because I'm prone to wander. I'm prone to choose my own way. I'm prone to choose my own feelings and my own thoughts and not choose Jesus. The Good Shepherd. I want to read the Psalm 23 over us. As you make your own choice right now in the different ways, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He leads me. He restores me. He shelters me. He's with me. You prepare me. You anoint me. And you allow me to dwell in your house, Lord. With every eye closed and head bowed, I just want to make space for Jesus. I made it black and white tonight, but sometimes it doesn't always feel black and white. So I want you to ask yourself this question to figure out who has been leading you these days. Is the leading you've been under led you to life, to joy, to hope, to peace? Or has the leading you've been under led you to strife, to chaos, to misunderstandings, to shame? And I want to give us all a chance to say, God, I choose you again. I don't want to be led in that way anymore. If that was you, if you look at your life and you look at the fruit of what has resulted from your choices, is it full of chaos and angst and there's a struggle in your soul or is it full of peace? No, everything around you may not be perfect. You have peace. 
that's how you know who you've been following. But I don't want to just leave it there with a knowing, right? Information doesn't lead to transformation. Revelation leads to transformation. So let's all say this together. God, Jesus, (laughs) I say yes to you tonight. I repent from the ways that I've led myself. I repent from the ways that I've let the culture lead me. And I'm running back to you, the good shepherd. Thank you, Jesus, for sheltering me. Thank you, Jesus, for laying down your life for me. I trust you. I honor you. And I give my life to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.